0: you. Yes, I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Warui Desho Show podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you could support us since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Waterway-Show or email us at Waterway-Show at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please enjoy the show. What are you to Hello, everyone, ladies, x, gentlemen, six, and NB six. Welcome six to Darling in the Franks, episode four, on the stream of thought. Flap, flap, motherfuckers! I am the subtle doctor, the one who this week. Is holding that lantern high, guiding you through the tangled wood of many dangers that this fourth episode of the Trigger A1 Productions Pictures (laughs) co-production brings us. And my my number two man here, my wielder of the machete through this dangerous wood, you know him as the Scum Dipper. It's Shadon. Hello, Shadon.
1: Hello, folks. You probably should be giving me a machete. I'm not very good with knives. Or rather, I am very good with knives, just not in social situations. Just pro tip for anyone who just meets meet me in person. You know, there's something erotic about a knife. That's not a knife. This is a
0: knife. Wait a minute. Did I just say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, are we ready now to, to tackle this episode, Shadon? Are you sufficiently prepared to connect?
1: I think that answer is a no, but well, uh, Aww. you haven't even bought me dinner first, Doc. Fuck's sake, man.
0: <laughs> that is true. That is true. I'll, I'll get you a heaping helping of whatever Zero to put on her bacon. Maple syrup. We'll go from there. Yes.
1: Well, there's a mental image. I hope there's no shippers in our audience. <laughs> well, that that ship has,
0: uh, I think, sailed long ago.
1: Yeah, before, before we even met. It was a non-ship. <laughs> it was uh, sunk before it even set off. Sorry to say, folks. That's sad. Please don't don't ruin the
0: people's hope. Oh, that's what I do all the time. We might show up at Con on some wonderful dojin or other about anime podcasters. Or Borgelia could be furiously typing at her keyboard right now.
1: <laughs> well, I, I know at the very least that now that you've suggested that, I will never, ever go to Con. I mean, if it's a non-zero possibility, I ain't chancing it. <laughs> Catch one glance at that and I will forever gouge out my eyes. No offense to you, my good sir, but it's just... Ah!
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of...
1: Ah!
0: Tharling and the Franks, episode four. Flap Flap. I thought it would be a good idea for us on these episodes to start naming, not necessarily shaming, especially not this time, but perhaps in future episodes, naming episode directors and episode writers. Because, you know, oftentimes we will, like, put things at the feet of head writers, and directors. And certainly they bear a degree of responsibility because anime is a collective uh, kind of artistic medium. hmm But uh, I think, you know, on occasion, these uh, individual directors and writers who take the lead on particular episodes should be shouted out. So for Flat Flap episode four, Shuichi uh, Shimihira is the episode director. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't directed an episode of the show so far, so I um, think his first effort—not to spoil our little review later—but I thought it was quite good. Mm. And uh, the one of the head writers, Naotaka Hayashi, the the person who I mentioned before was the series composer, head writer for the visual novel adaptations with the semicolon. He was the episode writer, the script writer for episode two, which we thought was. Was pretty dire, but he uh he had the pin here as well, and I thought this was a nice rebound for him
1: mm. because I thought
0: it was the yeah I, I in my opinion this was the best episode so far. Oh, it is, and they you know certainly an improvement from episode two.
1: We're getting there. It we can see in, in the long distance, in the you know many many leagues from now that eventually this show will be. Good. <laughs> okay, that's that's unfair of me Good because Lord. because that is very unfair of me because there is plenty to like about Frank's anyway, as we've spoken about before. But uh, unfortunately, in my opinion, sorry, while this episode is the best one of the lot so far, it still has a long way to go. But I will certainly take an improvement as opposed to the opposite, which is that it just got worse, or or even arguably worse than that, that it just stayed the same. At least I could mm. be surprised with something, you know, getting worse. I could be like, wait, that really <laughs> fucking happened? As opposed to being like sl- falling asleep if it was just the same shit over and over.
0: Yeah, I, w- I was uh, sort of worried that that would happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like the floor for this show is higher than a lot of like I I never saw this like becoming an, like just an absolute debacle, you know, re- sort of problems I have with it notwithstanding, and still have with it and have with this episode you know we'll get into those but i felt like that this had a potential to be a high floor and i was i saw the potential for its ceiling lowering rapidly each week so i'm i'm glad like i i feel it, the potential for that ceiling rising again
1: oh thank god you you made it sound like one of Doxa death traps you know all those cascade seals with spikes i like oh shit
0: the star wars trash compactor yeah this is not but thankfully no are you the eye- Are you the eyeball creature living down there, like laughing at the victims getting, nah. getting
1: squished into cubes? I'm R two D two up above, just gently sighing and just going, <laughs> I can't, I can't cope with the shit. These people are useless. Why is the robot that I'm constantly paired up with a complete waste of my time? Man, he can't even bend his fucking arms. He could even serve people tea if they wanted to. And I've got to solve <laughs> all this shit for everyone.
0: Sir Anthony Daniels,
1: take a class. Learn to stretch. Does it technically count that C-3PO was the very first ep- instance of the robot dance unintentionally? Because he oh couldn- couldn't move his fucking arms. Good lord. F- three for thought, folks. Yes.
0: That Wow, okay. We better get into this one or we're, we're never going to get out of the weeds. Okay, so here's what goes down, right, in episode four. From the very first shot, we get a... a shot of papa's room the star chamber and we find out the Claxosaurs are here yeah they are here in force yeah and uh unprecedented numbers so it's time to recall zero two to the front lines nice to get told
1: all this rather than shown any of it i didn't even know there was a front line up until this point but like okay now they're <laughs> a problem and i'm like this is about as compelling or as interesting a delivery as hearing the weather report like, oh, there's a high chance of boxosaurs <laughs> in the west, and I'm like, can, th- there are front lines. Can you have front lines against indigenous? Like, cre- what the fuck? I was <laughs> like, for yeah, for, for an opening, this is piss weak, and it continues my longstanding bugbear against this show of you're not explaining shit, and when you explain it, it is shit. <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway, off ah, air, off ah, air. And the
0: pistol that is zero two needs to be paired with a pure, untainted stamen. So says the council. Yes. <sighs> we are shown then Mitsuru.
1: which is a bad thing. Do you mean? I I, I mean it's a bad thing because he's not dead. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're on the we're on the <laughs> we're on the same page in that we're being incredibly petty to this kid. I'm I'm staunchly
1: in team ha ha ha. Point and laugh at you, you piece of trash, Mitsuru. Well, I think that they they actually made a good move of this so because by having it revealed that Mitsuru was alive at the very beginning of this episode, it could only get better as it went along so because that was the lowest point of the episode by far.
0: <laughs> uh, he has a nice moment later, but it well it's much less him as Ikuno, but yeah. Anyway, so he is like in a bad way. He's bandaged up. In a hospital bed, ranting and raving,
1: that girl tried to devour me. And she did it with a smile. How did he see that she had- I mean, this is getting ahead of ourselves here, but if we later find out what Strelizia's cockpit looks like. And, because I do want to have a good rant about that later, believe me,
0: but- I don't think we found out everything. I think there's still more to come.
1: Okay, okay, When, that's when they go
0: full power, you know? Yeah. Because- initially Mitsuru got to feel like a big
1: man in there for all of that time that lasted but I just found it a bit strange just like how he saw her do it unless she literally did try and eat him I I don't know it anyway that's a minor nitpick and I'm not gonna hold yourself I just thought fuck you Mitsuru you get everything you deserve you you should be grateful that you are not drinking slim fast out of a straw for the rest of your days you should be grateful that Akuno
0: doesn't walk into your room and slap you in the goddamn face once an hour. I'm surprised she didn't try to smother her with a pillow. I mean, she, she should just grind her heel into his temple. Yeah. I mean, just, ugh, just fuck that dude for that episode. Jesus Christ. Uh, well, all, all I was going to say was that to elaborate, like, that Mitsuru like Zoramei. Cannot stand the idea of hero being superior to him because he gets in his little dig at the end of that scene and says, don't think that you're the sole exception. You know, she'll ruin you too, just like me, because there's, you know, implication. There's no way you can be better than me. Mm-hmm. Fucker.
1: Yeah, he's not really changed, unfortunately, from his uh, experience or his ordeal, which is a shame. Yeah, he's just been humiliated, but yeah, he needs to, yeah.
0: He's still got to grow. Yeah. And I think... <sighs> I think Akuno will ultimately help him grow, but I fear it won't be, like, it will, I fear that it will be kind of at the cost of her, like, dignity and self-worth, and it's, it's a worry I have about a couple of characters in this show.
1: Mm -hmm. Not not a reasonable one at that.
0: That they're gonna be here to be dunked on for 20-something episodes, and there'll be some kind of paper-thin, flimsy, like, oh, they helped the real characters get to this certain point you know but
1: we're not there yet so i'm gonna hold out hope yeah that's reasonable i i have to say about the scene though like you mentioned before about naming uh, the writers and the directors and i think that this episode much as the opposite, but this particularly for me highlighted that i think the direction of this show generally speaking and all of the visual elements everything i banged on about before I, i'll not go into great detail now is great Yep. But in this ep- in this particular scene, like the music in particular, the low tone of it and it's very ominous. Mm. Like I could not feel one IO of sympathy for Mitsuru. Fuck that guy. I hope that he you know is caught like wandering around with an IV IB- IV bag on a trolley for like the next couple of weeks. He got off lightly in my opinion. And the fact that Ikuno, as you've already alluded to, doesn't really chastise him for that so much. But nonetheless, the direction of this scene. And the way it's shot, like we only get to see a sliver of Mitsuru's face when he's shivering like through the behind the bed sheets that, like and the curtains that are drawn around him. The low ominous music builds up tension, makes you nervous, baby. Makes you even doubt a little bit that maybe 002 is perhaps, you know, everything that people fear she is. Right. Just a little, yes. just a little in your head. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Much like our, our main character experiences later yes, on. Yes,
1: yes. And I think for me, this episode highlighted that, as far as the direction is concerned, this show has it, but the direction is often, unfortunately, in service of questionable writing and questionable content, and I'm not even talking necessarily about being distasteful, I'm just talking about being played fucking bad. <laughs> and that's a shame, because I found out earlier this week that, who was the director again that you mentioned um, of this particular episode?
0: Of this episode, it's um, Shimohira.
1: Yeah. I spied a tweet recently, which was actually from him. Uh, in japanese which was translated and it's actually revealed i don't know to what degree this is necessarily true or if it is true how severe the problems are but apparently this product this show is in having quite a bit of a trouble production oh no No. yeah struggling with schedule and like certain things being unfinished
0: was it the was it the episode director or was it the the series director
1: i believe it was the episode director okay okay i could be wrong on that i'd have to find the tweet site and uh, so this is all anecdotal so take this with a pinch of salt folks And if that's the case, then I feel all the more obliged to praise the direction of uh, the directors and the visual artists and the musicians behind this. The people who are bringing this story to life, essentially, against trying circumstances. Because they're doing a good job of it and they're doing what they can with the material they're given. Yeah, I mean... We will later find out, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but I want to just mention again that that's, we find out what Strelizia's cockpit looks like, and it's a fucking letdown. <laughs> <laughs> Which runs in contrast with all of the build-up that we've had, like, of the way they framed it so we don't get a proper shot of how things look and how things are arrayed. And then when we finally do get to that point, it's a letdown.
0: Well, un- unless this is, unless they want you to let your
1: guard down. Potentially. Potentially. Maybe. I'm having that. Admittedly, I'm giving a huge benefit of the doubt here. I, I want you to be right, though, Doc. That's the thing. I do still want to be surprised. It could very well happen. Who knows? I mean, hell, let me just pitch this out here. What if it turned out all five of the Frankses that we've met so far can form as a Gestalt robot? I mean, then you, we'd be watching Aquarion. <laughs> well, wouldn't you fucking though? <laughs> I haven't even seen that show. What is it? What a what a small world this is. So. That's my biggest beef currently with Franks, and I'm going to elaborate more as we go along, but I am of the opinion that this show has a great team behind it that is in service of a weak script. Hmm. It is underwritten, it is tone-deaf, astoundingly fucking tone-deaf to its own dialogue and its own meaning. Th- there's a lie that happens at the emotional climax of this episode, which we will again get Oh no, to. they're
0: aware. they're aware of that. I believe that they are fully aware of what they're
1: doing in that case. That's that's what I think. In which case, it's a fuck up. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, you could either be ignorant of the of the tone you're setting, or you could do it and it uh, deliberately and still cock it up because it doesn't work. But we'll save that. I want to save. We'll, that get, it, there. Cause we'll I, get there. Because I I'm grinding my teeth, uh, waiting. <laughs> I'm like I am literally a greyhound at the races. I am like chomping at the bit to go well in on that scene. Okay. So, that being said, to dial back to come back to where we were, I really do think the direction of this episode is quite strong, same totally. and all of the other elements that go with it, apart from the scripts, ironically, given the studio's potential problems with producing this show, the cheapest and easiest thing to create in terms of man hours, this is a thing that will always always drive me up the wall in that you'll have a great team you'll have You'll have a wonderful set of animators who will work their fingers to the bone. Often for limited money, you'll have you know great musicians. You'll have great voice actors. I mean, Double O Two's voice actress. It was her birthday earlier this week. And happy birthday! Oh. Happy birthday to her. She's great. She handles the role fantastically.
0: Haruka Tomatsu. Yes, Haruka Tomatsu, Happy birthday.
1: Happy birthday to you, Haruka. You're doing a damn fine job, and keep it up. I say. You sure are. I, you're, you're the finest part of this show. Oh, easily, easily. It's a one horse race at this point. And and
0: you talked about the music. I thought this episode, Asami Tachibana's soundtrack was phenomenal. It really got a chance to show itself off this episode.
1: Yes. All of the OSC music so far has been stellar and it's fitted the mood perfectly. We've got action beats later on that helps sell the fight scene that we finally get. Oh, yes. Like fucking Hiroyuki
0: Imaishi was like, I just, I bet he was like a dog waiting to be let out of
1: a car. Like, to get at the paper, to, like, direct these fight scenes. How (laughs) ironic, or how appropriate, I suppose, it is that this episode does indeed culminate with Hero and 002 in Strelizy and and it's triumphant because they finally get to cut loose. And so do the guys making the show. They get to cut loose. We finally get some of that delicious trigger-like quality that we've seen before. Man. And it it becomes uh, Norelco and the Franks. Uh, that reference is a bit lost on me, I'm afraid. So I'm so sorry. Oh, they
0: are. <laughs> Norocho is a uh uh over in this country um a leading brand of uh razor and beard trimmer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I oh you stole my joke today. <laughs> But I'm not probably I mean to be fair that I'm not gonna presume that I'm the only one who made that comparison. That was admittedly an, an amusing blip, shall we say. I can only assume that the Japanese only ever shave with like, you know, tanto <laughs> knives and never with beard trimmers. But again, we'll come to that in a bit. But yeah, I my point is that I often get really upset and really angry that so many talented people all come together to bring to life something that is crap. The best barman in the world can toss a shaker around and, you know, he can line it up with lime, he could line it up with ice, he can put a little cocktail umbrella, he can make it look spectacular. But if all that you're drinking, if all that you're fucking drinking is Dr. Pepper Zero, it doesn't matter how flashy that, that barman is in his, is creating his work and how well he presents it if it tastes just very there, <laughs> That's unfortunately Frank's biggest problem, I'm afraid. Which... I will absolutely elaborate on. In fact, I'll elaborate on it with the next scene, if I may interject briefly with uh, another elevator ride.
0: Oh, yes. So, uh, well, I think something happens before them. Briefly, we have Ichigo and Hiro.
1: Oh, you're right. Yes, sorry. I'm getting my event
0: out No, order. No, no, that's, it's fine. They have a kind of short, um, not super tense, but there's a lot going on beneath the surface. Their conversation, she... Pleased with him a final time to reconsider his chosen path of piloting Zero Two. Highlights the dangers, and he says, Nope, this is the only way I can be useful, so I'm going to pursue this. You could
1: see her clench her fists, Arthur style. And... <laughs> <laughs> when the man you love says he's going to pilot with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <exactly. laughs> someone make that mean.
0: Oh, man. and like, <laughs> But she finally has i think reached the point where she is thinking she needs to put the good of the team first and it's kind of stopped she she says like i won't stop you now like she won't pursue kind of this personal thing any further she's just gonna let it play out and she has to think about her team and her squad yeah which is cool and then we get yeah the elevator ride in which zero two Ah. is disciplined (laughs) um may
1: i actually just come back very briefly to the ichigo and hero scene because mm-hmm. I did get my events out, but this is something I did want to talk about. And um, again, good direction here. One of the shots that frames them because they're both leaning against the wall and just inside the porch of their little schoolhouse. While uh, Zorobate and Lardass, I'll call him, because he's always <laughs> eating. No, literally, he is always I'm eating. named. I mean, <laughs> he says, he says, like Meetsu didn't touch his food, so maybe I should eat it now. On the one hand, fuck Meetsu. Oh. The man does. The man does not deserve anything but mothballs for breakfast, as far as I'm concerned. But on the other hand, I this guy whose name I've forgotten because he's not really developed a character. They ever really. I don't even know if they've named him so they, far. they They will have done at some point, probably in episode two, when we had the eating scene and they got... <laughs> he yeah.
0: has a name in some, like, production folder. But it, I don't know if he's Pretty, it's been named pretty much, show. yeah. <laughs>
1: the only time his name is revealed is in the JPEG format, when it's his character art, you know, yes. concepts art.
0: He's called... I'm, I just discovered he's called Futoshi.
1: Futoshi, okay. Whatever. Fat fuck. We'll call him that. <laughs> call him that. Fine.
0: Um, You'll eat those words... Much like Futoshi ate the the leftover meals <laughs> later. Oh God, he he'll be cool. We're not gonna fat shame.
1: He's gonna end up being a cool character. I can, I know it. I'm sure, I'm sure. As long as he has more of a character than just eating, because that's all he's done really so far. But anyway, so there's a shot as each go like leans against the wall and speaks to Hero, and they've still got some distance between each other. And the shot has one of the pillars uh, from this uh, that supports the porch area that uh, the, the roof. Uh, lined up between them. So right. it's a nice little visual metaphor for the divide that's still between them, like the way the divide in their thinking, suggesting, you know, again, for physical dif- dis- distance, sorry, I mean, stammering, and also that they still don't see Ice eye Y. Eye. And also, of course, following the events of episode two, that there is still that gulf. And Ichigo's words about stealing herself, she's actually probably the only character, like, I- I've said before that all of these kids act like kids. particularly in the competition element as you've mentioned. Mm -hmm. They're all very like, I'm going to do it first and I'm going to do it better than you. I'm going to be the best fuck boy, whatever, you know. That's the thing that they do. But Ichigo is actually growing and maturing into a fully-fledged adult with her perspectives because we have another scene with her later in which she also lays out some harsh truths to the team and actually whips them into line. She is definitely showing her capability as a leader here. And also when she says steal herself, that's her coming to terms with the fact that they could very well um, die, or people will die. Like, she reckons that Hero is a dead man if he keeps riding with 002, and she's just learned to accept it. She's going to have to deal with it. So I wonder if they'll do something with that later, in that perhaps she's growing up a bit too fast. I don't know. There's always that, you know, thing of child soldiers and how quickly should a person grow up and take on adult responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So we'll. I hope that that's something they develop with her. I mean, particularly yeah. in relation to you know, 002 coming in here, who is confidence personified. So who knows? <laughs> who who knows? But speaking of 002, the elevator scene. Ah, oh, every fucking time I hear Nana speak at this point, I'm just so sick of everything she has to say. <laughs> I'm so bored of the rationales that they toss out, the excuses, and the and the I say so bullshit.
0: I think that I think we should be. I think yeah, I think it's the the goal is to be frustrated at the like obvious ineptitude of this like i don't i don't know if bureaucracy is actually the technically correct word but that evokes the same feelings yeah. right the the fact that the the ruling authorities have these ideas that are out of touch with the situation on the ground and we can't do anything that goes against the law of the land as dictated by them, and so we're kind of stuck with a garbage situation.
1: Yeah. it's Yeah, it eats it. I mean, you could, if you wanted to make the argument that this is being done deliberately, so it's actually to, oh, well, actually, we know if we push 002 this way and here or that way, it'll actually push them together, so we're being circuitous about it. We're being, you know, subtle and sneaky. Uh, My response would be that at the very beginning of the episode, and indeed the point is that they're going to recall her back to the front lines. We have no hint, that they've got a wider plan.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think. I think that they just like they, we don't really know why we haven't been told as to what what their rationale is, but they think they know best. And yeah. They don't want to. They don't want double o two and 016 together, and they they think that they know better. And yeah. That's
1: that. Which is why they'll keep pairing her up with people that she will end up intentionally otherwise killing.
0: Great job. Who knows after this the the events of this episode.
1: Oh no, that that yeah, that things will change now for certain. But at the time of that particular elevator ride, I and and also with the Illuminati, you know, the the council of yeah. the council of people on impossible chairs or whatever, saying like, <laughs> how did they get up there? Is it how long does it take to get sat down for a meeting? I had to spend like five minutes adjusting my chair. They never leave. <laughs> That's why. That's why they're the.
0: That's why they're the ruling class is because they're sitting in those chairs and no one else can can ascend the chair.
1: <laughs> I hope they had a bathroom break each of them before getting <laughs> sat down there. It must take ages to get like back down from those seats. They never leave the seats. No, they
0: have the appropriate
1: piping plugged into the. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Oh, excuse me. I'm terribly sorry. I had to take a leak. Could you repeat that point about, you know, the energy supplies to Plantation 13 again? We talked about this. Uh... You shouldn't be relieving yourself during the middle of a tactical meeting. Now listen here, (laughs) dickhead. I spent two hours getting sat in this seat. If you think I'm going to, you know, suddenly get away and go (laughs) to the bathroom to relieve myself, it ain't happening. Okay, alright, okay. Skit aside. I... This is what I said like about the fact that I... Well, I do think that Episode 4 is an improvement, it's still still sagging under a lot of the nonsense that's happened previously, and now at this point it can't really be undialed or undone. People, yeah. ca- people can admit they can make mistakes, of course, but they keep making the same mistakes willfully in spite of evidence in front of them. <laughs> Which, like, they tell 002, like, Strelis is going back to the front lines, we'll pay you up with someone else. How many pilots do they have that they're willing to Quite literally feed to her. <laughs> Just You've got a kid right here who has lived unharmed, unscathed, because they keep saying in this episode that they don't want Hero to pilot Strelizia. And okay, there are two reasons why that could be. And both of them fail when you consider the logic and the evidence. First off, that Hero will die when he pilots. Or if he won't die, he'll be maimed like Mitsuru. He will... Have all those two things happened with pilots? But we've already seen that that's not the case. At worst, he got knocked unconscious, but they accomplished the mission anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's happened. And if you're that concerned about it, why don't you actually... In fact, no, I'll come back to this in a second, because it applies equally to this second point. The other point that they might want to make is that he's simply not trained. Now, that's not true. We learn very conclusively that's not true at the end of the episode. And on top of that, Hero was trained in the same manner as the rest of the pilots. So, fucks if I know.
0: I I believe that we're supposed to infer that the reasons are not logical, but are more to do with religion, mythology, and whatnot. I mean, Where? we can tell I... just by looking at these folks that they're, you know, their visual design is patterned after certain things of the like Catholic Church, priesthood, and such. They look like, you know, they all have bishops' hats. Yeah. Uh, the main guys called Papa. And you know, based on the ceremony and whatnot we've seen, um, I don't know. Like uh, to me, the visual cues are there, and the way that they talk about this sort of stuff, and they have their own, they have their own way of talking about it that feels less like te- techno babble and more like sort of you know they're they're using like the sacred terms or whatever. <laughs> so I feel like that I feel like that is that that they have some sort of other beliefs. That they are kind of clinging to about. Well, I mean, we don't know, but like that they have um, their own beliefs about about zero two and about who's supposed to pilot and things like that. Um, and then now, you know, after the events of this episode, uh, hopefully they won't be able to ignore. You know, just like the guy at the end says, like now that there's the plain truth is there in the <laughs> data. <laughs>
1: Before, like they've they've already. Well, s- he was
0: unconscious. I mean, they, they, they could have just, you know what I mean.
1: That's different than dead. Well, it, that uh, right, right. Yeah, the thing that the point we make is that if you're that concerned that hero may either die or be maimed or simply does not know how to pilot Strilizia,
0: I don't think that they're concerned with hero at all. I don't. So, I don't think so they give what a is, damn what is about con- hero. What
1: is the concern then? Why are they stopping them
0: well they I think that they want zero two to be piloting with someone else with a certain other certain sort of person is just a, a theory. Admittedly they they've admittedly they've not come out and said anything, but you know they t- they're talking about a pure, untainted stamen and that she's a she's a pistol that requires that. So clearly that there there's some idea of the pairing that they want for her in particular.
1: Uh, we'll have to wait and see. All I can think about is that if they wanted to actually actively, sorry, if they wanted to actually conclusively prove that Hero can't pilot the Franks, or if he does pilot the Franks, it will kill him, why did they not run a mock battle with him in Strelizia, like they did in the other episode? Do it in controlled conditions so they can have people on hand in case something goes wrong. We've seen that they can shut down Strelizia remotely. Yeah. So, why not test this in a controlled environment to finally, I don't know, shut him up? Or maybe then you learn he can. Because to get ahead of ourselves again, in this episode, a Klaxosaur does indeed appear, the one that looks like a brawn fucking razor, as we've mentioned. And without Strelizia's help, again, they would all be dead. <laughs> so what was their plan here? If they sent Strelizia away and, the, the, and events don't conspire to allow the two to pilot, they'd have no Franksis, and they'd all be dead. So whatever grand master plan they've got going on here,
0: <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly they do not care. They have, I mean, the the snippets we see of these meetings are them. They're only talking about zero two. Like, they, cl- clearly their priorities are weird. They're not talking about you know how to solve sort of global problems for the different plantations. They're not, you know, uh, well they do talk about you know, hey, there's this claxosaur problem. But they spend an inordinate amount of time talking about, like, what's best for Zero, too. They also talk about I really hero think bit. that they do not give a shit about Hero that much. What do they say about Hero? Didn't they say something
1: about him in the previous episodes? They've they mentioned him a couple of times about his, like, potential and such, and his aptitude.
0: Mm. Okay. We'll see.
1: I, I, the thing is, if they then took Strelia's Zero away and all the Franks were destroyed, he'd be dead. The plantation would be gone. Like the the, the Klaxosaurs would just overwhelm it. I understand. It
0: really doesn't make a lot of sense. No, when you think about it. <laughs> if if they care, if they really do care about the plantation,
1: yeah. If they have any interest, I mean, then of course I have to ask the question: Why even bring zero zero two to this plantation in the first place? If they're sending her away again in such a short amount of time, why did she come here? Fox, if I know, I None think of it this was meant to be a tem- <laughs> sense. It
0: felt like a temporary stop because uh in the first episode her her whole crew is like injured. Ugh. It felt it felt like an initially meant to be a temporary stop. Um but then they died. So you know yeah. she had to wait for these other people to come pick her up. But like I think if if they do think that the star chamber is a mistake and they're not gonna do anything with you know the critique of this dystopian society and authoritarian governments they should just nuke the star chamber in the show literally like have a klaxosaur destroy it and then make the show for make an arc about the fallout maybe it goes mad max and yeah each of the each, each of the plantations are sort of compete against each other to establish dominance or there's some sort of like giant crisis
1: with a vacuum in leadership like that, that's a fantastic idea and I would love to see it happen I mean I'm totally okay with all the things I'm complaining about here then being used like build this house of cards of crap like build it up as high as you want if you then knock it down in a, in a satisfying way but I'm not of the opinion given what we've seen that they I mean this is not just on a, on a macro level it's on a micro level that these people are incompetent because they plan to take 002 back to the front lines and force her at gunpoint what did they not do The very plot hole I pointed out last time. They didn't take away a S. Frank Pass. (laughs) Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Again, maybe this is deliberate. I sure hope so. It must be. But we're not seeing even a shred of evidence that there is a, like... If there was someone, like, you know... A shadowy figure behind the scenes. (laughs) Let's say we had a very brief scene of someone being literally given an email... Okay, can you revoke 002's SRAM pass? And suddenly they get, I don't know, the future equivalent of Skype message. And he says, this is a fu- a- authority from blah, blah, blah. Do not do that, blah, 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 blah. We don't have any hints. It's like, when we had Kill the Kill, we had bits from um, Ryuko's teacher, the, the who turns out to be the leader of nudist beach. We had reasons to suspect his goals because we got conversations between him and his comrade, uh I can't, I can't remember the names. I'm so bad with names, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But you know what I mean. We had conversations yeah, between yeah. them that hinted at a, a wider thing going on. Th- there were hints peppered here and there. And I am generally speaking against mystery for mystery's sake here, but in the absence of a ed- compelling character, I have to have something to latch on to. <laughs> we'll write it now as a mystery and solve it later. <laughs> All I can think of right now is just that everyone's shit... Unless they're 002 and add a push Ichigo. And that's the complaint I had last time. And they just keep giving me evidence to think it. Hey,
0: how dare you lump Ikuno in with the rest of those. Okay, okay she's, she's I'll, good. Be fair,
1: I'll be fair to Ikuno. That does, she doesn't count. It's not her fault. And also she has partnered with a dickhead. So there is that.
0: Yes, there you go.
1: And I'm even starting
0: to come around on little yapping dogs, Orume.
1: Uh He's actually better in this one. He's better.
0: Yeah, well, because he doesn't really talk, talk
1: very much. Thank God. Thank <laughs> to God. be
0: fair. Yeah, I'm sure he'll annoy me again. But def- definitely, like, on the asshole rankings, I feel like the Papa and the bureaucracy, or, sorry, that, again, I don't think that's actually technically correct. Papa and the uh, government, the Star Chamber,
1: has risen above Mitsuru to the top of the list. It's just incompetent. They're utterly useless. I've not seen a group of people sit in the room and be more ineffectual since the Jedi in the prequel trilogy for Star Wars.
0: (laughs) I can't do anything but move on from that because that was such a sick burn. Okay. So, as you alluded to earlier, the next scene has Ichigo finally, finally rallying her team with a nice speech. This particular scene was very satisfying to me for a couple of reasons, you know, because it really has just seemed before now like a bunch of disparate interests. Like yeah. Not really congealed together into a fighting force and their kids. So, and, you know, I'm sure that would sort of naturally play out that way. But, you know, she rallies them. She brings them together, you know, tells them. That the danger they're facing is very real and they need to get better. They need to
1: improve, herself included. Shut up, Miku. Don't be so jealous. She makes the very valid point, by the way. And I can't believe the adults didn't make this because this would, again, tone down my annoyance how they act. She makes the very, valid point that they need to be able to fight without Strelizia being available. They had their asses saved the last time. Yeah. But that might not happen again. So this is, again, is why I'm very warm to Ichigo as a character. Like, she's second only behind 002 as far as... Good, great characters in this show goes because she has her eye on the ball. She knows how things stand and she knows what needs to be done and she knows the stakes. So, yes, this this scene is wonderful because we get to see her be affirmative. We get to see her lay things down. She's re- taken the knockback she had before, shoved hero her hero worship ha uh-huh, ha aside, <laughs> oh-ho, oh-ho. and recognise what needs to be done. She's grown and matured like surprisingly, as much as I complain about the lack of character stuff, the fact that she has already developed in such a short amount of time is actually quite good. More of that, please. Yeah, and she even
0: takes special care of Ikuno in this scene, which, which I thought was really good leadership.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things about even just being a manager at a workplace, like people yep. skills. They are soldiers under her command, and she is always going to have to levy a certain amount of authority against them you know, when I say jump, you say how high, that sort of stuff. But she isn't also forgetting to remember, like that, you know, okay, we're all gonna work together, but she recognises that Swat Faced Mitsuru isn't in the room because he, you know, fucks himself over, dick. Idiot. But that her words, even though she of course doesn't mean that, might come across with you know as her as a slight against her. But she then takes time to, you know, recognise that and emphasize it. I, I mean <laughs> she does. She does to Ikuno what hero should have done for her in the previous episode, fucking astounding, isn't it?
0: I know, I know what a what a guy
1: <laughs> all the men are shit for for a show that isn't designed in my opinion explicitly for the hetero guy, it really does not like any of the guys in it
0: yeah, like which is it, funny <laughs> for 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 as um for as much as I like some things hero does in this episode. Oh, like, he does some yeah, shit as I mean, well, though. In the in the past, like, yeah, he's been, uh, and he's he's not given the other people in his life due care and empathy, so you can't really argue with that. And Goro is a fucking like waste of oxygen so far. <laughs> like, what is he? I feel like he needs an episode to do something. Yeah, because I mean, he's just like a company yes man at this point.
1: He pretty much is actually. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hero, yeah, you're cool. I love it. support you. Oh, what? wait, Ichiko, you're making
1: a, a fiery speech. Yep, you're right. I'm in your corner. Like, he feels a bit empty. He just needs a pair of, like, you know, military-grade pom-poms, and his, like, you know, role as man cheerleader is set. Because that's all he does. So, yeah. Ah, oh, dear. I'm, I'm confident we'll get more from him. I hope so. I hope so. So, after
0: this, there's a really good scene in which Hero hides from 002. Yeah. Like he's going to walk up to Zero Two and then he remembers Mitsuru's words and remembers his past experience with Zero Two and he has a moment of fear and hesitation. And even though she's not looking at him, Zero Two knows what has just happened and she feels it. And she doesn't do anything, she doesn't go over to him. She doesn't uh vent at him right then, but she has internalized this and a little later she'll kind of deal with it, but she sees him hide and walks away. Yeah. And I really appreciated that scene a lot.
1: Yeah. So Hero essentially is now, he's believing the the rumors and the hype, or mm-hmm. what if you to you call it hype, about 002's, you know, devouring nature. Because he's now actually seen it happen firsthand. Like, you could write off what he saw in the first episode as just being the injuries of her former partner, Mr. Oxygen Masked Man. He was already pretty badly injured. Yeah. But now he's seen it happen to someone who was not similarly wounded, and he's someone that he knows. And he thinks, and he, you know, it's a reasonable thing to think maybe it was a fluke. Maybe, just maybe, people are right, and I got away look- with it luckily.
0: Yeah. And so you get that he is hesitating. And then you understand, I feel especially given later developments in the episode like that she like despite being special and very talented like has her own kind of emotional issues to deal with i mean she's got to deal with everyone around her thinking that she's a monster and considering like all that i mean she's like in her own strange way like not strange that's the wrong word but in her own unique you know distinctly zero two sort of way she's she's coping quite well
1: yeah she's basically pointing the middle finger up to anyone in fact it almost feels like passive aggressiveness in a, in a sense and i really hope that does get developed i mean one of the other things though is like people start saying things that are basically false about her uh i think it's yeah. miku who says like well she has Claxosaur blood and that is absolutely not true because we've learned from seeing her bleeding out in the first episode Unless it just happens to be her co-pilot's blood, but I'm not of the opinion that's the case, because I think that they explicitly state she had healed. But when she was bleeding, she was bleeding red blood. Klaxosaur blood, as we've seen a couple of times now, is blue. So, no, she does not have klaxosaur blood. That's bullshit.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. Like, that's a very literal way to
1: to come to
0: that conclusion. Because they've said before... Right, Miku's not the first person to suggest that she has Klaxosaur. blood. Well, that's been—they said that in the first episode as well.
1: Unless they mean like a genetic, she's got Klaxosaur genes and blood, isn't you know? A semi- I think
0: that's what they. Yeah, I think that that's what they mean.
1: I'm just not of the opinion that's the case because they don't share any physical characteristics. There's no blue in like Klaxosaurs are all blue. That's true. She does have horns though. She doesn't have a Remington razor sticking
0: out of the head, so I don't fucking you know. <laughs> which is yes, that's to her great benefit. <laughs>
1: Can I talk about the? I want to. I want to go in on the next scene a little bit because I just want to have a good rant about this because this is funny to me and it feels like karma. So, in the next scene, Hero decides that after all this, you know, paranoia and fear, he's going to go take a bath in what looks like milk or cream. The color of it's a bit weird.
0: (laughs) I love this scene. I love this scene,
1: and he's just minding his own business. It's explicitly stated. This is boys bathing, by the way, and. Yeah, my my immediate fear was like, "Oh, we're gonna have girls bathing. We're we gonna finally get the hot spring scene four episodes in, and we're gonna, you know, get it out of the way now." Uh, no, surprisingly enough, no. Mm-hmm. So he's minding his own business, and then all of a sudden, bearing in mind he's of course buck naked, double O two storms in and just literally slams him like against the opposite side of the pool. And all I can think to myself is, "Funny how that works, isn't it?" When you intrude on someone who's bathing in their own privacy. <laughs> hey, how do you fucking feel now? Shit for brains. That's my new nickname for him, by the way. (laughs) Did he intrude on someone bathing earlier? He intruded on 002 in in the first episode. Oh, yes, that's right. Of course. How could I forget? So, yeah, funny how that works, isn't it? You know, now you're not so happy. Makes you feel weird and violated. (laughs) Eat shit here, heroes. You'll find no sympathy from me. Well,
0: I wasn't. Yeah, I should have been thinking about that. But I was just thinking about how sexy the scene was, because I really liked that scene. That that yeah. scene was pretty hot. <laughs> oh, it was
1: It was still a hot... Don't get me wrong, I still liked it, and I like the little reveals we get as well. Um, Remember how in the previous episode, 002, like, when she was resting against that, like, elevator and Hero comes over and we get shot of her horns, and then she mm-hmm. says, hey, pervert. Now, you could take that to mm. be a general thing, that he's just pervy on her generally. Or, or, in my opinion, and this is born... A bit more by something that happens later. The horns are for her an intimate thing.
0: I think she says that outright in that in that moment. Yeah, like when when she says like stop staring, stops you know don't stare at my horns. I think she says, uh, or or at least yeah, I'm pretty sure that the show is is upfront about that. That it's not it, it's not meant to be a general don't stare at me, but it's like don't look at the horns. Yeah, like, yeah, that they're not meant to be stared at.
1: Yeah, and I don't know how necessarily true that. Like, how true that is in biological terms. I'm not going to go into that. But I mean, it is certainly, you know, you look in the mirror and you see horns. But let's say, Mm -hmm. let's say, and I hope this scene doesn't actually get animated, although it totally would be, but let's just say for argument's sake, 002 is in a woman's changing room with all the other women. And, you know, you've got mirrors and all that. And she looks around. Who's the only one with horns there? That's me. Makes you self-conscious. Now, I think that her personality is in part her actively fighting back constantly, like, yep, constantly, devil may care, could not give a fuck. It's one of those ironic things in that by continually showing you don't care, you do. You know, you always hate the one you love kind of thing, that kind of twisted logic. I don't know if that's necessarily entirely true. I think that a lot of it is still genuine confidence as opposed to, you know, fighting back towards perceived continual slights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I do like that she's less- like revealing a bit more of herself to Hero here because yeah. it is I think fair to say that at this point the two of them are only really interested each other in what they can provide as far as piloting goes I mean I cannot fathom for the life of me what she sees in him beyond the fact that she can you know pilot with him and his rock hard pecs <laughs> oh what the, non- <laughs> the non-existent ones <laughs> yeah, yes yeah God, like, after Yuri on Ice, like, we really have just taken a step back <laughs> in the PEX department, do <laughs> not we? I know. <laughs> the PEX technology is out there, and now it's just like, everything feels like a step back. It's like going back to the oh. telegram. So, yeah. hey. And she and she says,
0: like, hey, like, for the second time she asks, will you run away with me? Yeah. Proving that I think the first time was not a joke. That's despite fair. Despite her de- deflection. That's fair. Like, she really, I think, she wants him to say yes, because she wants someone to... Like, tell her she's not a monster and say, like, I I want you and I want to be with you.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I just hope that it develops into a reason more than, well, you're the steering wheel I need to finally drive my car on both their parts. Listen,
0: on, okay, yeah, well, I think more so on, like, well, listen, we'll get to this later, but... Oh, we will, we will. Hero has has a fucking long way to go for me in that, yes, in that area. Oh, yeah. But anyway... Don't let's not digress too much.
1: Yeah. So, however, <sighs> the bathing sea is interrupted by sirens. And yes, there's a klaxosaur. We've got worm signs sighted. And it's like God has never seen before.
0: Because... It's time for
1: the earth to have a trim. Too right. Uh, can I also very quickly just say that they mentioned that they're going to move Plantation 13 to begin the kissing procedure with Plantation 26. And yes. this, line, this line just confused the fuck out. Why call it that? I mean the Kisu. No. Okay. So kissing is apparently a term for like, you know, linking two plantations together. But hero and the others don't know what kissing is even in that context? The, the fuck? Just find a replace. Just change it. It doesn't add anything. It's unnecessarily obtuse and it actively contradicts what we've already seen and what characters are supposed to know about. But it's funny innuendo <laughs> No. no. I don't care what culture you're from. The only way this is funny is if you're from the moon and are using moon logic. <laughs> <The> moon. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck my life. Okay, yes, Klaxosaurs attack. So the Franks are sent out, except of course Strelizia, um, because reasons. Even
0: even uh, Mitsuru and Ikuno get to go out, and they have a nice... Uh, it's a nice scene. Mitsuru is still a douchebag in which he's just, you know, he's heading out, and... He's like, I I will do this. I can do it. And Yukuno's like, you know, lean on me. And he's like, no, s- fucking stupid, prideful, stubborn man. And eventually, of course, he does. He has to. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they end up connecting. Yeah. And uh, they're be- they're better able to connect because of I guess maybe you're right. Actually, may- yeah, that's a thought. Maybe like the the trauma or whatever that they went through has put them in a position. I, I don't know where they can. Ikudo wants to be closer to him more, like, wants his affection more, which is, I find, kind of, like, I don't know, there's just a lot that I... It's not unrealistic, it's just, like, it it could feel a bit like battered woman syndrome here. She's trying so hard because she got rejected, and he's just gonna keep being a a fucking dick.
1: Yeah. I I think that perhaps maybe the reason they can now connect is possibly because he has... Although he won't say it, maybe he had his pride wounded. Maybe that was the barrier in the first place that he felt so full of himself, even though he didn't really see it. That that put up a wall.
0: Oh yeah, maybe she. Maybe yeah. Perhaps a better way of looking at it would be, yeah, that she she feels like she can do something for him and she can help take care of him mm-hmm. now, and that makes her more comfortable. Yeah, I'm I have, I'm holding out hope for this character dynamic. I think that's. I mean, even even if it is, you know, even if he does keep rebuffing her and she keeps trying harder like you know those sorts of relationships happen and i want to see how it plays out and i'm, I'm interested in it but um but it would make me shudder and it will be painful to see and
1: i'd much rather i'd much rather have it the other way yeah i'm in agreement so klaxosaurs or rather Claxosaurs that are giant razors I, I had to laugh I, I I mean I sent you the picture because when I watched it I had to pause it because that's literally the first thing that mm-hmm. popped into my head I mean I generally l- speaking really do like the visual design of Frank's in all of its aspects but this this to me is like it was weird it was a weird non-sexual tone deafness I mean I'm very glad at least it didn't look like a fleshlight because I wouldn't have put it past this show for it to be a <laughs> fleshlight I really wouldn't uh, yeah so I'm also bl- I'm also now imagining a scene in which, like, after... Because what they do is, in a nice display of teamwork, we also do finally get to see that these Franks move in a lot like the robots from Zoe the Enders. Very spindly, very quick,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: I like. They're not chunky robots. Generally speaking, I like my robots chunky and boxy, but I'm not against also ones that are quite agile. And it makes sense for them to be in this case. They're not fighting, you know, sluggish enemies here. So in a nice display of teamwork, they manage to pin the saw down, and when they do, because they haven't destroyed the core yet, which you have to do, you have to you know go for the weak spot for massive damage. <laughs> I I really did fi- I really did want there to be just a funny little like outtake scene where one of the Franks is like on the side of it, just says, "Wait, there's something written here," and they just they just <laughs> wipe it away. This little layer of dust, and it says Ph- Ph- Phillips. <laughs> yes, yes, nah, yes.
0: If all Phillips Norelco, and the Earth is like you know.
1: No, you've done me too short. It's raw. <laughs> All I wanted is a little trim. Imagine imagine if that end of the klaxosaur took off the pigtails on Zorame's robot. <laughs> <laughs> Miku gets mad. Oh, now you've done it. <laughs> Do you know how long it took me to style this knot hair? <laughs> anyway, anyway, carry on, dog. T- t- tell us what happens next. Uh, yeah, so
0: the the kids, as you say, launch and start to fight. And we went over that some. I don't have a ton of notes, but I just have kids go to battle. But inside the plantation, Hero and Zero Two have suited up in preparation for battle, only to have Nana say, eh, you can suit up if you want to. You're not going. Papa's orders. But you can watch as your friends get slaughtered. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and they do, with uh, Zero Two making snide comments the whole time. The Franks are no match for this Klaxosaur. And then suddenly, the fucking SWAT team shows up oh. to take Zero Two
1: back uh, to the front lines. I have to say, this I <laughs> right. So okay, this again is an example of why this show has good rising and bad writing all in one. Because it's been established a couple of like in, with her doing the backflips from the balcony that Zero Two is quite a athletic and quite strong. So, one of the goons decides to try and grab her, like, when she refuses to go. Oh, that's not smart. Not a, not a smart <laughs> move. Nice framing here, by the way, because she slaps him away, and you think he's just literally pushed aside. But then the camera pulls back, and he's been blown across the room like he's made of yeah. wet tissue paper. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I like this. We've established a previous character trait. We've Chekhov's gunned it. And now we're using it. To- we're bringing it out here, and we've got some nice framing to show off. And then... And then, because again, the government's incompetent, because the people that don't have faces are shit, uh, all of the guys <laughs> light up their little P90s. They they light up their little P90s with their little laser sights. And I swear to God, I could not believe this. One of the lasers was pointing at Two's ass. He's literally looking for the scope in it. They have the
0: all the laser sights kind of slowly snake up her body. And uh, it's meant to be titillating. And, you know... It kind of is, <laughs> I, I, but, um, I
1: know. But I just found it. I just thought it was daft.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, they are they are very terrible at their jobs. Yeah. All the way around those those that particular battalion of guards that was sent to the plantation on that day could all need to be fired or sent to remedial training or something.
1: Yeah. I, I just I couldn't believe it. Like I thought to myself. I really do think that at some point when this was storyboarded, they were all initially aiming at a head, as you would do to make it lethal. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> that one guy. That one guy stopped. <laughs> but then, <laughs> then, then, then some storyboard motherfucker comes in. He's like, "Hey, guys, let's see what it, Hey, I've got a thought. Oh man! <laughs> just come on, come on, guys. Let's just focus on like, okay, all right, fine, I get it. Yes, 002 sexy. Congratulations. Uh, Captain Obvious. <laughs> yes. Point has been made. But you're also, I should point out, again, committing the cardinal sin I mentioned last time. If that's what you want to go for, you're not going far enough. You need to, you know, up the ante a little bit. Maybe have her be wearing some skimpy shit. I don't fucking know. But you're not going far enough to justify doing what you are doing. So uh, less of that sunshine. Aim for the fucking head. <laughs> you're not a stormtrooper. <laughs> you can hit her.
0: Well, I wonder about that. Well,
1: yeah, there's, there's, there's that. Okay.
0: So. There's a really nice scene next in which she says goodbye to hero because despite you know her knocking that one guy out, she is willing to go along with papa's orders and it does uh the nice letterbox uh framing here yeah. and yeah
1: makes it compact makes it sense she says
0: it. like I really thought we had a chance like I really have a thing for you and i I liked piloting with you and I thought we could make it work, but I've got to go, darling. And then she does this really great, like gentle headbutt. Taps which, the horn. Yeah, taps her horn onto onto al- al- almost like a hard nuzzle. Yeah, that was you know like a sign of affection from from an animal. And I just thought that was a brilliant touch. It was really nice. That communicated so much to me.
1: It did. Um, it was in just complete. that one move when she says bye bye. I I was wow. like Oh sad. I again kudos to the kudos to the vice actress. She does a great job with Double O two with the material she's given. The material's sometimes mm-hmm. silly, but well actually no, I'll be fair, Double O two's lines and dialogue are all fine. I can't think of anything that I could ultimately hold against her. Uh insofar mm-hmm. as like, you know, she's being an idiot or whatever. She's actually written competently. So uh mm-hmm. g- good shit, <laughs> I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She has her a nice moment of vulnerability. And that is, because she did that, Hero is able to shake himself out of his fucking passive stupor a bit and, and think for a moment and say, you know what, Nana, everybody else, yeah, Zero Two may be talented, but she's not this monster that's other than us. She is, she's just like us. Hmm. In that she has problems. She wants to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Like she's no different. She's no different than any of us, despite being... Extremely talented. Mm -hmm. uh, Whatever the genetic situation is. And then he runs after her. I get the feeling you want to speak, but do you want me to 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 describe the scene? No,
1: I'm nodding in what you're saying about how he currently thinks about her as kind of a foreshadowing for something I will bring up later on. Because, let's just put it this way, anything that Hero, I believe, has to say about him thinking there's 002 as a person, I am taking with a gigantic grain of salt. I don't think even before what happens later, what's said later, this happens all of a sudden. And he's not really got to know her personally. Like, he's got hints, little bits yeah. of bobs here. But suddenly, as she's going, with the very real possibility that she won't come back, he's like, no, no, come back. Like I-, I want to ride with you. Let's put it this way. If it turns out that Hero is saying this and actually isn't meaning it, if he's pulling a Sam Witwicky from Transformers, because that's honestly what kind of attitude he brings across sometimes. And I'm talking about the Michael Bay movies here. If he's, genu- if he's doing that, and this is then going to lead to him like you know being called out on this later on, I'm okay with this. I'm alright with this. However, however, if it turns out he's doing this because he is just genuinely being a dickhead... And he's only saying this because he realizes this is like, oh my god, she literally could be going. Like,
0: what? Oh, I don't think he's. I don't think he's a bad person. Like, or intent. I mean, yeah, I don't see him as a malicious, calculating.
1: Dude well, I don't think he. I certainly don't think he smiles to be calculating. But I think he's operating on a certain instincts here that is causing him to say things in order to g- gain what he wants. And I will come back to that at the yeah, end of the episode. I mean- because there's a particular thing that he says. Uh,
0: yes. And I d I don't out I don't disagree with you like I don't disagree with you in whole, perhaps in shades of meaning. But but okay, so we'll get there though. We're almost there. So he runs after uh Zero Two and her her escort and smashes into the security gate that he cannot get through. And somehow, since he's talking into this gate she can hear everything he's saying. I wasn't quite clear on how that worked, but understood that it did. <laughs> so, whatever.
1: I do like also, by the way, how Zero Zero 002 was escorted out of the room by 12 people, but she only now has two of them. Where were the others? I know. Were they having a coffee break? <laughs>
0: they were like, all right, we're going to go to the ship. You guys take the long way. <laughs> See you later. Oh, man. But <clears throat> he, he could, like, basically has like kind of a confession of love for her, you know, he says that he will, he will run away with her, right? That he, he was hesitant before he was scared. He was depressed from not, not being part of the group, not being able to pilot a Frank's on his own merits and connect with someone in his class, but her strength he thought was beautiful and he saw everything in her and admired it he's not able she she captivates him he's not able to take his eyes off of her and she makes him feel like that he can fly even though literally when he's with her they fly like that also is how she makes him feel and uh, then Zero Two basically says well how can I ignore something like that mm-hmm. and knocks her guards out this scene reminded me of of scenes in Escaflone just because of the music and the action
1: the, the swelling music at this
0: point is great. It's so good, and she's like doing her acrobatics, you know,
1: dispatching the inept guards and established in the previous episode with her, you know, back off the balcony. Little things, yep. seed things ahead of time. That's the kind of storytelling I like to see.
0: Totally, totally, and and of course they they have a little talk, you know, where she she has some very cute moments you know that grin What? what can you say that again and no one's ever said anything so embarrassing to me before that grin of hers just ribbing him like you want to ride me huh (laughs) which i thought was
1: great coming from her i'm okay with that kind of innuendo because that's the kind of confidence she rolls with totally
0: and then they of course re reprise their (laughs) dancing role
1: going through the s-class gate (laughs) Again, if that plot hole had happened, this would have never, have, they would have never escaped. <laughs> Which I just find funny. But you know what? Whatever. Whatever. I, again, at least, even if they have a plot hole, they established it in the previous episode. So, on the one hand, it's stupid, but on the other hand, there's craft behind it. Because you're laying foundations for later events. Like, oh, this has been established. I reckon this happening. Great.
0: Hero has taken a step forward. And he's rewarded for that by being getting drugged the rest of the way by Zero Two literally yeah. they grab hands and she drags them through the gate through the guards you know she kicks one and then the others just stare at them as they climb aboard Strelizia I, I mean what the fuck were they doing
1: they do, they that they do, they were buggered if one way or the other but
0: they are just I feel like this is like we need to like get to the end of this episode so don't waste any time having a firefight here just let it through
1: <laughs> I find it funny because I literally said in the last episode of stream Before, why don't they just go to Strelizia well, I guess they must have heard me, because <laughs> they yeah. literally do. Um, I have something to say before, by the way. So, when they board Strelizia, there's like a couple of little because Strelizia at this point has been loaded into a cargo plane, and from the outside of the plane, there's a couple of little sparkles that happen when they finally board and get linked up. And yes. these sparkles, I thought, where have I seen these before? Kill the kill the transformation sequence, mm-hmm. and then okay, the music that follows when they pilot Strelizia out of the plane and into the sky uh, is great. But it's good, yeah. Completely unbeckoned and I want—I think I might have to do this myself now that I do have a proper video editing program. I literally uh-huh. started hearing Don't Lose Your Way in my head. It goes with everything. It goes with it, doesn't <laughs> it? It really does. It really does. And so so we get we get to this scene. Okay, alright, so imagine, right, imagine you're a 30-year-old, bald, anime enthusiast who's watching this show and you imagine that this particular, you're this person and they're having no real hope for the show's future, they don't feel particularly enthusiastic about it despite bright spots here and there and you get to this moment and the music is swelling and it's great, and. The two of them, the two characters, Double O Two and Hero, are talking about like you know they're complimenting each other. They're being like you know supportive each other. Like we, like he says, "Can I really do this?" And Double O Two's like, "Yes, you can. I believe in you. I believe you can do this here." Yeah, they rock and roll. Yeah, they they are totally helping each other out here to
0: go and do the thing. There's they do, I love that through the battle, there's not a you know he doesn't fuck up somehow. There's not a moment where they lose power or some dumb shit like i needed this i needed them to just strut their stuff confidently and lay waste to all before them they do and they fucking do and it's great like we said hiroyuki imaishi like just just destroys it with yeah. this action it's really 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 great picking up these giant centipedes and smashing them cutting them open and like it's just such a fun fight scene
1: yeah when they when strelizia like Suplexes the thing and then it rips it out of the ground. And then you pull away and see how big it is. You're like, Holy shit!
0: I know that's when you're like, Yes, that's this is what shot. I need. This is some the spectacle I need. And uh, and you know, Ichigo is like there, and she's not mad, she's like, Look, we let's accept help because we're getting our asses kicked. This is a good thing. Uh, and then of course, when Strelisia flies by Delphinium ah she gives her the look
1: (laughs) what might that mean uh, zero two is
0: just like ha 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 yeah look at us (laughs) look at what i'm doing with yo man not a shiny
1: moment for him (laughs) i will admit also uh, this is merely backtracking to the very early part of the episode, but as much as I don't agree with pretty much anything any of the adults say in the show, they are correct in the saying that zero zero two did not need to cut loose on meat to accomplish what they needed. Them. Oh
0: no, they yeah, she clearly didn't. She she had a bad moment for sure.
1: Part of me thinks maybe she did that because she knew that like she was doing it for heroes' sake more than anything is like yep. a proxy fuck you. I don't know. I uh, yeah, I think I think that she
0: wanted. To not be paired up with this asshole. No. Like, she wanted to pilot with her darling and she, you know, she was going to show everyone, like, look, when the chips are down and we really need to go all out, like, this fucker cannot hang with us. He yeah. can't hang with me. He, we're, not, we're not meant to be together. And you all won't see that unless this happens. Yeah. And uh, she shouldn't have done it. I mean, uh, it was cruel, but... Peter deserved it.
1: Hmm. Okay, but well, to come back to go back to my little tale here. So imagine this 30-year-old, um, bald-headed stallion. No, that's a lie, um <laughs> is is watching this scene and he's actually starting to feel an emotional connection with the characters. He's starting to feel like this show is going somewhere, that we can have moments of triumph and we can have moments in which you do want to cheer and celebrate, and that this particular guy feels a little bit like he felt when he watched MMO Junkie and he saw moments of success when he got to, you know, cheer and whoop. And we then... Can't talk about We can't talk about MMO Junkie anymore. Oh. It's, it's been blacklisted. No, we can. We can. I'm not... Tangent. Tangent, but that's be said. Bad, one bad apple in a patch does not ruin a work. If the work text explicitly does not include the elements... I mean, you can talk about Foreil in 10 but when it's completely absent... No, fuck that. It's still a good show. show. Fuck the guy. I agree with you. Anyway, yeah, I here. agree with you. So, imagine the 30-year-old then hears Hero saying the following word-for-word line with a straight fucking face. I feel myself going deeper inside you. I had to pause. <laughs> I paused the episode at this point, And I burst out <laughs> laughing. And the thing is, and this is the problem with Franks as well, this scene is not meant to be funny. This scene is not meant to be a joke. And if it is, it's certainly not meant to end on the emotional triumph of this kid, who is literally physically disabled insofar as he cannot do the things that his other fellows can. He cannot pilot a robot like he can. And that is the thing that he, partly for his own fault and partly for others' It has become his life view that if he can't do that, then he is worthless. He is meat. He's nothing. That's what, yeah, that's what the society perpetuates. That's what it perpetuates. So we've got to this point where this is his triumph. This is his moment in which he can do it. This is like what must have felt like the Wright brothers when they first took the plane off, you know, the edge and it didn't crash. And yeah, he has to phrase this in a way, in a fucking way that I would only ever thought I'd hear. From a Ron Jeremy porno. So, forgive me for saying this, but, um, Franks, what are you about? Are you a joke or are you serious? Because you cannot blend the two in the same single moment. You can have comedy and you can have serious elements in the same show, but not at that exact same moment. You have a thing called tone and your tone must be properly established and bled off or bled into You cannot 90 degree turn from amazing moments of triumph, of fulfilment of a man's life's wishes into, oh, I'm sorry, did I touch your womb? I I, I laughed. I laughed, don't get me wrong. But I wasn't meant to laugh. I was mocking this show. I was actively mocking it. (laughs) And this, again, is what boggles me about this whole process of how this show has been made. We've got great talent drawing it, colouring it, animating it, making music to go with it. We've got quality voice actors. I mean, as much as I don't like what the character's saying, all of them are fine. I think Zorame, mm-hmm. Zorame's voice actor in particular, sells his hyperactivity yeah. really well. Mitsuru He's sells his cold nature really well. Mm-hmm. And it's in service of a script that is puerile and honestly at times pathetic, despite hints that it is actually better than that.
0: I will. I would like to respond to your diatribe. <laughs> oh, go, oh <laughs> on, go right ahead. On the, on the one line... Because I, I'm going to dissent. I'm going to disagree respectfully. So okay case be wrong. And say, <laughs> and say that I, I, I do think that this is a part
1: that works on multiple levels at once. I, I, I want to preempt you and say, I think I know what you're going to say. You're going to say he didn't mean it in a sexual tone. He meant it as a, like a spiritual thing or like, you know, two between one kind of thing i think it's both i think
0: it's very much both like i think when i think sex is that is it is both of those things it is uh at at least Mm. some sex that i have had has has been oh oh so proud of yourself (laughs) oh my (laughs) physically but also emotionally and spiritually like um you know having that sensation of oneness where like hero says like i don't i don't know where i end and you begin (laughs) That still reads to me like a bad part of What whole life. Well, it does, right? I mean, because look, right, this is... Um, I mean, we've established that, like, this whole thing is barely a metaphor for sex, like the piloting stuff. So, like, I thought it was very sweet. Like, because, like, I mean, just imagine this kid's first... It's his first time um, doing this with anyone. Like, while, I mean, he they did the thing before, but he wasn't conscious. And, like, his... well. His first attempt was a was a fucking shambles. It was a laugh riot failure, and he's soaring now. And like he's never had this experience, and it is physical, and it is emotional, and spiritual. And like I feel like this is a genuine from the heart statement from him, but also because of all the sort of um, double entendre that they've established as par for the course here, and ev- all the things to do with piloting. We talk about it in the same language that we talk about sex. It's also on a certain level kind of funny that that he's going that that he says that and uses that in a situation where they're piloting a robot together. Mm. But apart from that, like on top of that, even like I th- I thought it was a sweet moment for them and for him, and uh, yeah, I thought it was I, I just thought it was very very nice and endearing because you know she she was very confident of course and like i said he was experiencing things that he never had and felt like he was becoming closer to her and 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 yeah i mean it's very very on the nose and i can un- i do understand how that is harder to take seriously i really really do frank's doesn't make it easy for you to like like engage with it on a serious emotional level but I think in this episode, you kind of—I I think you can. Um, but I do see—I do see where you're coming from, and know yeah. I, under, I oh, do understand. Oh, no, that. I,
1: I get—I get where you're coming from as well. And I—I I don't know. Maybe this is also a comedic. Maybe this is also a humor thing or the way people read things. Because let's be honest, I have a filthy mind, and when you read a line written like that, it—it <laughs> will read differently to some people depending on your own level, like your own history with like you know sexual metaphors and just sexual sex yeah based it's, and i
0: think it's a, it's totally supposed to re, like evoke that stuff
1: i just don't think it should have come at that particular moment ironically enough uh there's a bad hmm. one for you um because <laughs> yeah there you go it took me a there moment oh <laughs> uh,
0: that's a good one
1: again i think the other bugbear i have for this is what is all of this sex-related stuff in metaphor for Now, funnily enough, you discussing this earlier has actually given me an insight, or when I say an insight, I think a a speculation. And maybe all of the stuff I've been complaining about, the lack of world building, uh, the fact that the government are idiots, uh, the fact that the military are idiots, the fact that everyone's stupid, (laughs) perhaps this will develop away from being about the wider world, and instead will actually be possibly more of a star-crossed lovers kind of thing? You know, we want to keep these people apart, but here's what they ultimately want. Um, I don't know. Maybe mm. maybe it's more about that. Maybe it's more about youthful rebellion. Maybe more it's like, you know, here's the things that we need to do. Fuck the government. Maybe that would be a thing. I don't know. I was just enjoying that moment so much. And mm-hmm. then partly through my own fault, I will confess, because of the, what I brought to the table. I mean, as much as, you know, people say- I don't, th-
0: I don't think you should set yourself short there. I mean, like, I think- the show, I mean, the show understands what it's doing, and it, I think it is operating on that level, and making a difficult ask of people to take it on that level, but also on another level, because I I don't think it's meant to be throwaway or just a joke.
1: Oh, no, I, 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 I don't think that in hindsight at all, but I can, I can only speak to my immediate reaction, which was that I had to pause, because I did burst out laughing, uh, and- I don't think that's the reaction that's intended, let's put it that
0: way. That, no, I don't think so. Yes, you're, <laughs> you're not meant to, like, mock the show because of that. No. At least that's not what they wanted, truly. Really. No,
1: and I think that if that's the case, if it is just simply down to the dialogue, then change the dialogue? Oh, they can't. I.
0: Then it would lose its poignance for me.
1: Well, okay, your mileage may vary on that.
0: Ah, uh, Listen, there's still, speaking of dialogue, there's a line of dialogue. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, oh. That I have a big bone to pick with.
1: Oh, I can't wait because I know exactly which one you're referring to. And I know that other people have spied it as well. And in fact, that's where I noticed it. But I want to, we have to talk about Strelizia's cockpit. Oh, yep,
0: yep. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's just like the other cockpits, which is a letdown.
1: What a fucking joke. <sighs>
0: Yeah, we can we can only hope there's more to come later when they have when they are pushed to uh when Zero Two has to use more of her power as she did with Mitsuru uh and an unconscious hero early in the show like yeah let's hope that this was like a test drive and that again there's there's more to it because otherwise if there's not like then they're the people making the show are, have made a foolish error because they <laughs> like they they. I have to think, like, if they're human beings making the show, that there is more to it. Because they absolutely purposefully hid it from view.
1: Yeah, this is why I'm saying. This is why I keep thinking that the direction and all that is in service of something that's quite weak. People, like, they have... Basically, they've been given a bad deck to work with and they're doing the best they can with it, which I appreciate. If it's, if it's exactly the same down to the nuts and bolts, though,
0: down to the letter top to bottom... There's, they wouldn't have hidden it from views. So there's no way, there's absolutely no way it can be exactly the same yeah. all the way through. There has to be something different about it.
1: I would have, I agree actually. And I'll tell you why. Because if Hero was not conscious when he piloted uh, the first time, how did he pilot it? Exactly. He, he wouldn't be able to, because mm-hmm. the configuration is the exact same. It's the guy who's in charge of like you know the handles and shit. So, um, impossible. No, uh, doesn't compute. And again, as I've said many times before about this show, if you're going to be that blatant about it, spice it up. I mean, I literally think at this point that if the if the universe of Franks had its own version of the Karma Sutra, it would just be one page long.
0: <laughs> the single position. This is this is the sex.
1: This is it. It is one page long, and it's more of a leaflet than anything.
0: Just a sheet, just a
1: laminated sheet of paper. <laughs> it looks like one of those flight safety things you get. <laughs> Hang this on your fridge. Can you imagine if a Franks had one of those? Like, it has the position, but it also has where the oxygen ah! masks are.
0: <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing. Mm. Like a, an, an in-flight uh, safety manual for the Franks. That would be superb.
1: Hey, right. No giant robot, as far as I'm concerned, is complete without having at least a decent cup holder in in-flight movies. <laughs> I mean, hell, they've got the monitors on the back of the head. Like, can you imagine, like, they've got some downtime going, and she's like, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just thought i put on Guardians of the Galaxy 2 while we were waiting. Nana, Nana, the Wi-Fi is shit in here. Can you do something about it? Where's my drink service? <laughs> okay okay i asked for a whiskey 10 minutes ago okay oh god so okay i'm gonna lead you into this talk so after they do the jonah from the avengers where hero flies right through like the belly of the <clears throat> of the klaxosaur and decapitates it and sprays everywhere with blue goo and he's panting and swaying afterwards by the by um, so good. i don't know if i am really switched into this but i like the fact that he was found to be like be exerting himself because it suggests to me that maybe yep. he's not immune to 002's, like, stamen-devouring, psycho-flexus-whatever-bullshit. Um, but rather, he's just got an incredibly high tolerance for it. Which mm-hmm. I think might play out to be interesting later. And it's a shame that you've not seen Macross It's Delt- always the quiet ones. Yes. And <laughs> you, know what, you know what bugs me is that you've not seen Macross Delta yet. And I, I want to make a comparison point, but I can't because- fuck okay anyway. oh, i'm gonna i in that soon don't worry good but you'll know that you'll know why i'm referring to when you get to it but yes uh please do indeed uh tell us tell the audience about this wonderful closing line of dialogue and as you say as you say this i want you to bear in mind what i said before about hero and how i can't take him saying that he wants to treat 002 as a person seriously yeah, i
0: i was riding so high off the back of everything that had just transpired. And I can't remember if it was during the credits or before the credits, but... It was before. Hero says that he's finally found a pair of winks to call his own. Yep. And, like, what the fuck, dude? Like, everything is about, like, ah! I mean, I understand. Like, I don't want to... It makes it... that It makes it feel like he's thinking about everything... Like so myopically, and in terms of like hero being the center of the fucking galaxy.
1: Yeah, she's his steering wheel.
0: Yeah, I mean it just he, he you he could have said like you know that he's starting a new journey with this beautiful person and like they're gonna fly together. Like each one of them, you know, I thought I needed or, or I would be have my own wings, but like each one of us is going to be a wing. Well, uh, funny you I mean, should say that. We're gonna carry, we're gonna carry each other, like you know, the bird or whatever. But like, no, he says he found him a pair of wings. It just makes it seem like he wants to use her to get his feel good.
1: Well, you know what's funny? You remember when he said, like, you know, we're a pair of wings now? What were they literally saying in the opening part of episode one and that fucking Chinese mythology shit? Yeah, yeah. they literally described it. He no, he himself described mm-hmm. it. He described it as being a pair of wigs and they see to compliment each other. That's out of the fucking window. Yeah. Well, I, th-
0: I think, you know, he's still got growing to do. I mean, he's taken a step and he's got way more to learn and I hope he'll figure it out. But yeah, it was a real bummer. Yeah. Um. But he's he's far from a fully formed yeah, again. person. You know, he's not the finished
1: article yet. Again, children have to be dickheads before they can be, not be, be dickheads. <laughs> yes. Again, I don't have a problem with this if this is leading to a laser scene. I can imagine it now. Where, like, you know, he says, like, but I wanted to pilot the Franks, like, something happens. And then she says, I? Don't you mean we? Yeah, do you
0: care about me or flying the
1: robot? And I'm hoping that's where it's going. Again, this is, funnily enough, one of the unique idiosynocracies of doing a weekly podcast on a show like this, in that we're living our... Impressions moment by moment Mm -hmm. And we have to await the bigger picture Hopefully for context And by god are we praying for it So yes Unfortunately Hero is at the end Contradicting his own With his inner long log Contradicting his own statements About how he viewed her differently Uh, So fuck you He is is pulling a Phantom Thieves
0: Getting caught up in their own hype
1: (laughs) I I mean, I'll allow him a moment to exult, but might it not have been nice if they, you know, because, you know, that's how partners work. Like, hell, we had Goro and Ichigo doing the fist bump, which I cannot believe I forgot to mention. Yes, so good. I'm thinking about it. There is a reason why, you know, um, when they bypass the barriers, both in the previous episode and this one, that they're doing like a little strut, a little dance. Because they are literally partners. It's like a waltz, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's symbolism behind that. Uh, but in this case, I think Hero is, well, forgetting that, shall we say, which is incredibly unfortunate. And I don't really have much else to add to it other than that I think he's still... Well, he's, he started the episode as a cock stain and he's ended it as a cock stain, so congratulations. <gasps> it's it's nice to know that you at least are consistent. Uh, I think he's I think he's made an improvement
0: of a sort, but he's got a long way to go, I think, still, uh, is my opinion.
1: He can see kind of... Where he needs to go, it's just that, well, he's he's like a kid at Christmas who's got his Xbox, you know, for the very first time. He's kind of thrown all etiquette and manners aside in favour of that. <laughs> he just wants to play on his game and damned anyone else, you know, who wants to try and yeah. stop him. So, uh, well, Hero, you are four episodes in out of 24, so there's still time. You're not irredeemable yet. You're not yet to the point where I want to push you into an active volcano. You can stop this. So, uh, please do.
0: I get the feeling, though, that he will take steps back before he ultimately takes steps forward. Yep,
1: that's going to happen. It has
0: to. So, yeah, my big downer of the show was the line we just spoke of. The the other kind of thing that made me worry uh, was something I mentioned earlier in our discussion, um, that I worry about Ichigo and Ikuno being in the show uh, to get dunked on. And that being that their primary purpose <laughs> in the show. And uh, man, I just hope, I hope not. You know what I mean? I, I really, really hope not. Because they're, I like those characters a bunch. You know, they don't always have to be saving the day or anything. But I want to see them in other contexts. I want to see them grow. I want to see them have some small victories. And uh, I want to see them have dynamic, interesting relationships with the rest of the cast.
1: I think that you could actually extend that to include 002 and Miku as well. Just generally speaking, the the female kids. Because I wouldn't put it past this show if, like, some really degrading shit was done to 002. I'm not even necessarily talking about, like, you know, physical stuff, but just more how she ends up getting treated. Yeah, we haven't really been... Like, no, yes, I'm with you. I I feel like this
0: episode was... Was a little bit of that. Like, it, it felt like, I don't know, Ichigo kind of her chief role in the episode was to try but ultimately not succeed and need to be saved by hero. and I want I want her to like to achieve on her own and again have some some good moments some success she's going to get Oscar um and I want Ik- Ikuna, and I want Ikuno to have her own stuff too and yeah I just don't want them there to like to to be shat on you know No, and so and so far, there's no evidence zero two will fare that way. But as you say, like, would I be? Would I think that there's a non-zero possibility of that happening? No, it could happen. Unfortunately, can't it? Can't can't rule anything out.
1: Yeah, this is the thing though. Like, we're fearing for the way this show's going to go, and that's not a good way to view it. I should be looking to every episode or every you know every next episode with excitement. Yeah. I think for me, like, there's a magical feeling when it comes to consuming, se- like, week weekly releases like this, which is that, why is it not here yet? Mm. I mean, I had that when I watched Land of the Lustrous. I was like, mm-hmm. why the fuck is it not f- fucking Saturday already? I won't watch this. I had it with M- Junkie at, And with Dali and the Franks right now, I'm just kind of... Like, okay, I'll be fair. I'll be fair. This episode is an improvement. And I'm also going to say that, in the end... I think that this shows concepts, which is that, at some level, it's about, okay, you are a guy, and you're a guy who is just awaiting for their potential to be drawn out. And sometimes, somehow, you'll meet that person who will do that for you. And in some way, vice versa, although, unfortunately, Hero undercuts that a bit at the end with his, you know, me-first attitude. And I will confess that, even as a 30-year-old singleton, There is a certain amount of appeal in that idea that, you know, that reassurance that it says, you know, that, okay, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with you, but you're just waiting for the right person to come along. And, you know, there's always someone special and unique and mysterious out there. So, you know what? I'll fess up and say that on some level that does appeal to me. But, but, Hero's problem is one of biology. Or if it's not biology, it's certainly something that is outside of his control. It's certainly not a personality problem, at least not as it's been presented so far. So the link feels tenuous to me there, and that's why even if that's the show's central conceit, it feels weak because you'd only need to look at how it's coded to realise that it's not referring to you know a certain personality aspect that's waiting to be pulled out by the right person, but rather he simply needs you know the right person to make him biologically viable, to make you you know to make him useful, and that in of itself is a problem. You shouldn't have to rely on someone else to validate your existence. Even, dare I say, in instances like this, where it is literally a physical flaw, as opposed to something imagined or otherwise. So, I think the show is a problematic mess, all told. And it should be, because I can certainly see potential in where it's going to go next. And maybe they are stacking dominoes here to, you know, drop down later. I mean, I'm sure you've all seen internet videos of, like, people dropping, like, immense trails of, like, dominoes. Like, tens of thousands of them. And they're spectacular. But there's a reason that the process of making those is always sped up because it's boring. (laughs) So, (laughs) to, to end this really tortured analogy, if that's what's happening right now, that's why we're dissatisfied with it. And I'm hoping that that's the case, that they are literally setting up dominoes to drop them later and to have some really spectacular stuff happen, both for the characters and for the action. Because we're still in the same spot we were previously. The world building's weak, the character motivations are weak and terrible, and oftentimes outright offensive, and there isn't really any likable characters with the exception of 002 and uh, Push Ichigo. Ichigo is still, of course, denied her own agency and her own success. Like she says in this very same episode, we have to rely on getting by about Strelizia, and that, of course, does not happen. Now, granted, Strelizia doesn't solve the problems solo, but you know, it's not exactly the, you know, rousing success it should have been for the team here. So I'm also still not entirely clear, apart from that potential premise I mentioned on what Franks is meant to be about. And if it's just that premise, there's a diamond, that's a dime a dozen thing for shows these days. So all told, if we're now at the point of conclusions and scores, it is a better episode. It's still got some significant problems. I am going to go with... 2.5 brom raises out of five. Okay, I
0: probably liked this episode a lot more. That's fair. <laughs> and res- I responded to it uh better. Like I I liked you know I said this at the top. This one really came together for me. And you know the the issues we have being the backdrop for this, they could, they are about the show overall. I think and. We will see if, you know, how it goes, and we'll see if, if my worries bear fruit. The specific worries I have to this episode about the female characters, um, I do hold against it. It did dampen my enthusiasm for this ever so slightly. And there, was, there were some, a, a couple of, well, I'll just say one maddening dialogue piece, as we've said. But overall, like, this episode had Pretty much everything I wanted from this show. Like, I really liked the the character moments that were here for Zero Two, Ichigo, Ikuno, for Mitsuru, for Hiro. I thought that they all kind of either took steps forward, or we got to see, or or to take steps back. Right. Um, mm-hmm. We got to see some some development. We got a fantastic fight scene. Um, we got some pretty scintillating scenes of zero two. Uh, so I was happy and I am a bit more excited about Frank's five and where, where it could go. You know, if, if there is a production issue, it might not be out of the question that in either the next episode or perhaps the following one, there will be some sort of situation in which like zero two and hero will be off by themselves and a very, limited color limited space environment where not a lot has to be drawn or animated so that perhaps they can save time and catch back up totally speculation on my part anyway for me this episode was four inept guardsmen out of five damn yeah
1: that's a, that's the highest discrepancy we've had so far
0: <laughs> i was super into it
1: yeah i I think for me, like, the things that dragged it down relative to it is you did is that you did take umbrage with that particular line where I did. Um, mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. that, I think that, if that had not happened, would have probably been another one on top of it. And mm. <clears throat> I think just, I don't know, I've I come down really hard on Hero, certainly not unjustifiably in certain respects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think a lot of my annoyance towards him is also partly in my speculation that I don't think he's taking this seriously. And when I say so t- I mean, like, that he's you know, being his feelings are legitimate towards to and much as I might gripe, I still have to say that I do agree with a lot of what you said, and I do think there's a lot of great stuff in this episode. So take the two point five what it is, is that at least it's been the previous one, and I'm <laughs> more than yeah. I'm more than happy to keep going because I want to see what happens next, and I'm hoping. I mean, this is the thing. Like all the all the shit I've given the show so far, I will be the first to like roll out like you know the apology mat. If it turns out, this is all in service <laughs> of a greater, you know, a greater plot in which people are taken to task for their crappy behavior. And that's the risk we run, unfortunately, of doing this kind of format. So uh, buckle mm-hmm. up, folks. I'm as excited for the next step as you are, even if I do have my misgivings and if I have got quite angry at times about this show. Yeah, I,
0: I just want Hero to be not milk milquetoast. Not, like, sh- not shit? Well, I mean, he can be shit. Like, I at least that will be interesting True, you know what I mean like I just want him to be not bland and so far you know especially this episode he was really proactive in, in 4 and seems to be not toast. you know he's having fear he's having regret he's changing his mind he's stepping out on a limb and declaring his feelings for someone and you know making mistakes and you know He's been a jerk in the pit, but like, yeah, he hasn't been... I, I was afraid, like, the f- the first episode, I mean, he just seemed like he might be super bland. And he hasn't been that
1: yet. Hmm. He certainly could do a bit more spice to his personality, but I think that... Sure, his sure. His relative blandness is, and I say relative intentionally, uh, purposeful in contrast to 002.
0: Yeah, and the rest, the rest of the
1: cast, really. Yeah. The rest of the kids, I should yeah. say. Or it could just be the case that he is, again, meant to be a bland self-insert. Pick your poison here, folks. I genuinely don't know yet.
0: Oh, we'll see. The jury's still out for that one, but... Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Shadon, thank you so much for joining me on this uh, exhaustive trek through episode four, flap flap, <laughs> of Darling in of a
1: Flop. It's at least not quite a flop flop, so thank God for that.
0: <laughs> that's true, that's true Shaden, where can the folks find you on Twitter and other places?
1: Well uh, you can usually find me in Manchester at any number of bars, wait bro- sorry bank. <laughs> oh, shit. sorry this isn't my Tinder profile let me try that again, uh, you can find <laughs> me at, uh Shaden1010 on Twitter or on CuriousCat.me forward slash Shaden or you can just you know send the through to the Warrior Dash on Twitter or send me a carrier pigeon Whatever takes your fancy, folks. Be exhausting. Get out of there. I'll even take a telegram. How do we even? You know what? Never mind. That's not. <laughs> no. The, the services will be out there, Doc. Ironically, on the internet. It would probably oh, you would, which would be silly because you could send an email faster than finding a service to send the concert. You, you get the point. <laughs> send a singing hot dog, Graham, to your house. No.
0: No. Uh, I am on Twitter at the Subtle Doctor, and also on Curious Cat at Curious Cat dot me slash the subtle doctor i appreciate everyone's feedback warui show as a podcast appreciates all your feedback hell yes tweet us at warui Desho email warui leave us an itunes rating a review that helps us out we appreciate it if you do follow us on SoundCloud as well and also on youtube now we're putting stuff up there we are putting snippets of our of our episodes our full-length episodes where we're putting the entirety of these streams of thought on youtube for your listening slash reading pleasure enjoy for Shadon, i am the subtle doctor thank you for listening for joining us on this edition of the french toast hour until next time embrace each other everyone to the ends of the universe